Juice regular product giveaways happening here on the Jeep Talk Show every month and sometimes every week. The world's most downloaded Jeep podcast will be giving you, the listener, a chance to win serious gear from major companies that you know, love, and trust. You want a chance to win tires, suspension components, maybe more? Listen every week for your chance to win big. The Jeep Talk Show, the official podcast of Toledo Jeep Fest. Toledo Jeep Fest coming up the weekend of August 12th. What a great Jeep event, and you do not want to miss it. Go to ToledoJeepFest.com for more information. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. The Jeep Talk Show is the official Jeep podcast of Mr. Vanderquack. Keep listening for weekly updates about Mr. Vanderquack and his mission to help the children at St. Jude. Go to MrVanderquack.com. That's MRVanderquack.com. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Chuck. I like making people laugh. That's It's good for my soul. Chuck. Yeah, I don't think so. And well, I think that's a huge deal. So sit back. Strap in. And brace yourself. Nixon Tire USA, we got you. Find out more about the tires that are on the 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, the Nixon Tire Rodian MTX, at NixonTireUSA.com. Hi, I'm Tony, and uh, this is our, uh, our our Thursday episode, our interview episode, and we've got a great interview coming to you today or tonight or whatever the hell time it is where you are. And uh, the uh, just want to mention really quick. Uh, we mentioned it in the, uh, the 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 start there. The Toledo Jeep Fest uh, coming up on August twelfth. That's the twelfth, thirteenth, and fourteenth. Uh, mentioned it before. Chris, our uh, illustrious uh, volunteer to the Jeep Talk Show, is going to be out there on August the thirteenth, handing out stickers. He's going to have a bunch of them with him. But I predict they're going to go pretty fast. So you're going to have to look for Chris and his uh, bright red T-shirt and bright red hat, both of them with uh, Jeep Talk Show logos on them, and uh, go over there and uh, meet up with Chris and uh, get you a sticker. So, uh, and you know, and actually, if you do get a sticker, or maybe you've gotten a sticker in the past, uh, we'd love to see you put that uh, on uh, on something, preferably your Jeep, uh, and get a picture of it. Uh, and post it up on social media. And when you do that, make sure that you use the hashtag uh, hashtag Jeep Talk Show or uh, and the hashtag giveaways. It uh, it helps the show. It uh, helps more people know <laughs> what the show is. So when we go, yeah, yeah, I'm with the Jeep Talk Show. They go, I've never never heard that. What what uh, what is that? I don't I don't know what that is. <laughs> We're getting a few more people that know about the show after uh, doing this for eleven years it's just amazing uh my dad always told me or he told me once he goes you never do finish anything you start and stop and try something else and see how long move something else you know short attention span or i, I just get uh, bored with uh, uh figuring it out and going oh well i know how that works let me move on to something else the jeep talk show has a huge back catalog of great episodes in episode 76 we interviewed a jeeper that was chased by a black helicopter we were coon hunting at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and everything was pretty, pretty dead. We got on this road, and we just started hauling butt, trying to make it to our dogs. As we're driving along on this road, and our buddy in the back, he says, there's a helicopter chasing us. Well, there was a helicopter up there, but I shrugged it off. I said, that's not chasing us. We're just flying around. This thing was treetop level, maybe 300 feet behind us. I mean, obvi- it was obviously chasing us at this point. 
you know, we don't know if maybe we weren't supposed to be in there after all. You know, are we in, in some serious trouble? What do these guys want? And and my brother got scared and, and he floored it. He's going to try to outrun this UA-60 Blackhawk helicopter, which is not going to happen. Head over to JeepTalkShow.com and listen to episode 76 to hear the final outcome. Well, that was a fun uh, fun interview and a forerunner to the interviews that we have uh, done today. I mean, you learn as you do, right? So, yep, it was a fun interview, and uh, you'd be surprised. You'll be surprised to find out uh, why the helicopter was chasing them. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. All right, yo, boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview, and we're going to be talking with Patrick of Old Milford Press. Patrick, uh, Jeep, you were telling me that you uh, used to sell Jeeps way back whenever, and this is me saying this, back when they were real Jeeps. <laughs> back when they were real Jeeps, yeah. But, you know, it was, uh, I started selling Jeeps, oh, 1977. So it was in, in the American Motors era, and uh, the old Willis guys and Kaiser guys would say, ah, they're not real Jeeps, you know. I mean, they don't have a four-cylinder engine, and, you know. I mean, they were real diehards, but uh, as far as I was concerned, you know, the American Motors Jeeps were a big step up from the earlier things because, I mean, you actually had a heater that worked, you know, and you could you could go more than 50 miles an hour and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but it was a lot of fun back then. They were, they were unique. If if you had somebody coming into the dealership uh, who had never bought a vehicle like that before, and you know they had expectations, and they'd come in, you know, um, well, I want to get this option and that option. You know, can I can I get you know air conditioning? <laughs> conditioning. Yeah, take the top down. Uh, take the doors and, off. Yeah. There, y'all. All the AC you can handle. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Can I get a radio? Radio. Radio. What do you need a radio for? You know, I felt like saying, you know, the time things are so noisy with the top up, you're, you'll, you'll never hear the radio anyhow. Um, and then when you would tell them, you know, like the right front seat was an option, the back seat was an option, the passenger assist handle was an option, uh, they would just be amazed. But they soon got into, you know, into what is the, the saying back then among salesmen was, you know, it's a cheap. You know, you're not buying an Oldsmobile, you're buying a Jeep, and they're just different things it's it's not a passenger car it's a utility vehicle now that's Um, that's i really enjoyed it i I worked with a salesman who was legendary in connecticut uh his name was johnny jeep his nickname john henschel and uh he just knew everything about jeeps and he sold a ton of them and he taught me you know how to present the vehicle to people so i think 76 was about the time i had i started getting an interest in having a jeep and I checked to find out what the liability insurance was on it. I think it was like $75, $78 a month. And that just priced me way out of getting a Jeep. Uh, now, I was still pretty young at the time, so that probably had a lot to do with it. Now, as far as I can remember, but that was so long ago, and, and I wasn't selling Jeeps, so I'm thinking you might have a better recollection of this. Was there anything on the market, anything anywhere close to what a Jeep was? I mean, Jeep to me was such a unique vehicle that it was so different than anything else that you could buy at the time? Yeah, there really wasn't. Um, you know, I, I, there were, uh, Scouts were, were bigger and heavier and, and uh, more civilized. Uh, in our area, you know, I guess some dealers had, had the Toyotas, but you know, nobody was buying those. They were, they were expensive and they were, 
they they were not nice vehicles to to drive. They weren't they weren't any fun. Uh, Jeep was really it, and that was uh, and and of course the Jeep has always had that image that aura. You know, uh, you can you know I I've always liked the International Scout, but the International Scout did not win World War Two. Right. You know the Jeep did, and uh, you know it's that that image and that legend that uh, that's a big part of what you're buying when you buy a Jeep. Well, it's very distinctive. Um, and I don't know if you have an opinion on this or not. You can always say pass. What do you think about the new Bronco? It, it seems to be uh, a lot of people seem to be, you know, calling it a, a contender to the Jeep. I don't see it. Yeah, I, I mean, I suppose in some people's eyes, uh, they see it as a as a contender to the Jeep. But uh, you know, again, it's it's not really. It doesn't have um, the provenance that a Jeep has. You know, if you want to get fancy about it. Uh, I think I think the Ford is probably you know a, a decent vehicle, but it's just not a Jeep. You know, uh, I, I said this a long time ago. There's two kinds of people in in the world. There are people who own Jeeps, and there are people who wish they owned Jeeps. Yes. And everything else is just kind of you know uh, second rate. Uh, I'll tell you something that's got me uh, concerned, and I've written to Jeep about it. Uh, I've I've gone to big Jeep events, you know, where, where people are bringing in customized uh, vehicles or, or Jeeps that have been modified, so they're really only good for off-road use. You can't drive them to the meet. You know, they bring them in on trailers. And um, I see the sort of pickup trucks that they're driving, and there's a lot of Fords, and there's a lot of Chevys and GMCs. Uh, there's some Toyotas, and... Um, there's even a good number of Dodges, and I, and I just think Jeep is missing the market. They should have, uh, they should offer a full-size conventional pickup truck uh, for people who like to have those in addition to their Jeep vehicle. I, I think they're missing out on a big market on that. But uh, I, I've, you know, I, I keep it uh, near to the ground, and I'm friends with uh, a lot of retired Jeep designers. And uh, so far as I know, there's nothing like that. Uh, Coming down the highway. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised they don't have a full size pickup. But uh, I mean, uh, there the was a bit of a, uh, um, a, I guess, a resurgence of uh, resurgence of the Jeep pickup with the Gladiator was finally announced. Uh, I think oh, the, yeah. the last oh, yeah. gla- the last uh, Jeep pickup was the uh, the Comanche, uh, which yes. I think was '92. So that was a a, a big gap between uh, a Jeep with a, a a bed in the back. Yeah. Yeah. And you know that something because I sold Comanches too. That was a hell of a nice vehicle. That was really a nice truck, um, and they sold fairly well. But you know, I think the Jeep dealers, and I include myself in that. I don't think we did a good enough job of marketing them. But Jeep, you know, they've got the Gladiator, and Gladiator to me is what I would term a mid-sized truck, um, and it's you know it's it's limited in. in in exactly what it can haul and you know i mean it does have tremendous carrying power but you know for really big jobs you need a big truck and uh i don't see why they can't you know come up with something on a dodge chassis like they did for the wagoneer and the the grand wagoneer and uh, build a full-size truck and offer that as a you know jeep i don't know if they what they would call it but uh they'd come up with something they you know come to think of it they they, they hired me once to come up with, with Jeep names, or to give them a history of Jeep model names, um, the styling department at Jeep, a long time ago. Um, they could come up with some pretty good names for, 
for it. And I think it would really open up a whole new market for them. Yeah, well, they've been regurgitating names. I mean, uh, I have yeah. a uh, I have a one owner uh, Jeep Cherokee, nineteen ninety eight Jeep Cherokee, and I was very happy when I heard that the the Cherokees were going to be coming back. You know, after Dodge had come out with uh, what was it, the Charger, and uh, the uh, the uh, the Camaro uh, Chevrolet came out with a new Camaro, and those were pretty cool looking vehicles and reminiscent of the original models, or at least a model yeah. you could recognize. And I yeah. I was hurt emotionally hurt whenever they came out with the new Cherokee because it didn't look like anything like a Jeep. It looked like a, a tennis shoe. It just needed laces on the front. And I was I was hurt that it was using the name of my beloved Cherokee on it. So yeah. I understand why they regurgitate names because it helps, um, you know, you, you don't have to advertise as much because people already know that name. But uh, it, it was insulting to me. Uh, so I'm sure if they came up with a full-size pickup, they'd just regurgitate one of the names that they've had in the past. But hopefully it wouldn't be an insult to, uh, to that, that brand or that model back yeah. then. You know, it's funny you mention that about the Cherokee because one uh, Detroit writer said that what the new Cherokee really is, it's the American Motors Eagle finally perfected. And uh, oh, I think that's a pretty good description. <laughs> well, I like the yeah. Eagle. I thought the Eagle was really cool. I mean, it was definitely looked oh, like I love a, them. I it, love it them. definitely but looked like a car. Really what but what the Cherokee is, it's more car-like than the than the uh, the old, you know, full-size Cherokee. Yeah. So, uh, tell us a little bit about Old Milford Press. What what, what is that? And I mean, it's a press. Well, so I figured you guys are uh, squashing grapes over there. Old is spelled with an e at the end. Oldie. I should have uh, said oldie. <laughs> oldie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's Old Milford Press with an E on the end, and that's because we're in New England, uh, in Connecticut, and that's how the King of England taught us uh, to spell it many, many years ago. So uh, the Old Milford Press has been around for about 25 or 30 years now. It's a company I own, and we sell automotive uh, enthusiast books. So if you need a service manual, um we don't sell them. If you want a book on uh, Fords or Chevys, we don't sell those either. We only sell books about uh, the American independent automakers and Jeep. Uh, anything to do with American Motors, Nash, Hudson, Studebaker, International Harvester, you know, any of those independent brands, we've got it. And uh, I think we, we carry about 100 titles. We publish books um, and we retail them and we wholesale them. And the website is, of course, you probably can guess this, www.old, with an E, milfordpress.com. And uh, people can order uh, any of the Jeep books I've done there. Um, and, uh, you know, if they, if they order it as a result of this, uh, this show tonight, I'll autograph it. and I can personalize it if they want. All they have to do is just shoot me a little email, or they can even call up. I've got the phone number there, and they can talk to me and, you know complain to me directly <laughs> very very nice now not a jeep question but I, you said amc so i've got to ask do you have a book on the amc gremlin yes that was the yeah. first vehicle that i ever uh, drove and was the first vehicle that i ever uh put a crease in <laughs> <laughs> i have had a couple of gremlins I, I'm, I'm a big amc guy and that's how i got into uh into the jeep and um and the thing is, when you're a writer, when you're you know a full-time writer like I am, um, there's a, a limited amount of of uh, market for AMC stuff, but an almost unlimited market for Jeep. Right. Uh, so I've I've done uh, six books about Jeep, um, six different books, 
and each one is completely different from the other. The current, uh, the two current titles are uh, uh, Jeep uh, at the eight decades uh, from Willis to Wrangler, and then the other one is a thousand and one Jeep facts. Um, what I've done earlier, I did a great reference guide, um, the standard catalog of Jeep, but it's out of print now, which is uh, unfortunate. And the publisher, um, the publisher, they've concentrated on their magazine offerings now, and they're not they're not reprinting any of their books. So, oh, that's interesting. I would think magazines would be a really hard thing to push these days with uh, so many things being online. Yeah, you know, and and so why you know why focus on the magazines when you can do books, which are a lot easier to to sell and they have a higher profit margin, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, if anybody's looking for a good reference guide to Jeep, you know, you can find them on eBay and, you know, any used book site, um, the standard catalog of Jeep. I spent like a year and a half uh, researching that. And, uh, oh, God, that was the hardest book I ever wrote. But it, it came out very good. Now, are these books only available at, uh, I'm going to say it the wrong way, oldiemilfordpress.com? Old. Old. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm helping you here. I want people to remember to put that E in. I don't want to go on the I wrong know, side. I, I know you are. I just like to be a, a buster. Um, they are available through Amazon and pretty much any of the, the major book um, book selling sites. Uh, but if they order them from the old Milford Press, uh, they'll get a monograph, which oh, you yeah. can't get no, from that's the other great. ones. No, and uh, also, I generally sell them for a lower price than the other um, the other companies do. And I ship them right here, you know, from my old Milford Press facility. You want to know what else I want to know? How come Jeep is not in the commercial business anymore like it used to be? When I was a salesman, um, you would order almost as many snow plows as you did CJ5s. Because we just did a hell of a business selling snow vehicles. And Jeep had a, a great package called the Snow Boss. Um, it was an option package. And it set your vehicle all up for, you know, snow plowing. And, yeah, I know, you know, you can, you can get a snow plow put on your vehicle now. But they don't push the, the snow plow business like they used to. They don't push the service vehicle business like they used to. And, again, I think that's something that they're, you know, they're missing out on. Uh and and I'm probably, you know, overemphasizing it because let's face it, Jeep sells like a million and a half vehicles a year worldwide. They're they're not hurting for money, but uh, <laughs> yeah. They could do better. I agree. Uh they could uh, yeah. they could make things the way I li- I think they should make them. And uh, you know, you made a comment earlier about uh uh how things should be. I always tell people that uh, all Jeeps are red or they want to be. So it's kind of along the <laughs> same the same line of thinking that you had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, military vehicles, you know, um, when I was a salesman, um, when you, I, I had, I had, uh, you know, the right to sell American motors, cars, Jeep vehicles, and I went through a school so I could also sell the AM general military products and, uh, postal products. And, uh, you, you actually could sell those. There, there was a very small market for them, but they had a nice, you know, margin of profit on it. Uh, Jeep doesn't really do very much with military vehicles uh, at the current time. And they really should be doing something because for smaller countries, third world countries uh, that can't afford a hum, Humvee or, you know, uh, an MRAP, uh, a Wrangler would be an ideal vehicle for them. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It certainly is a great off-road vehicle straight from the factory. And, uh, wow, you just uh, put the right paint job on it. It would be a perfect uh, military vehicle or a 
like you say, border, uh, border uh, patrol. Yep, border you know, patrol. Sure. I deal. Does anybody? And, uh, does, I know. Does I know anybody... because I'm, I'm, I, I deal. I, I do business a lot with AM General. Um, the the basic AM General vehicle starts at a hundred thousand dollars, and oh, you know goodness. you get an open vehicle for that. So uh, you could get a Wrangler for you know half the cost of a of a Humvee, and um, you know it'd be a terrific. That Border and you can get uh, parts real easy for it. I imagine the Humvee is uh, kind of hard to get parts for. Not as easy, yeah. I should say. Probably expensive too. Oh yeah, very much so. Yeah. So, what is your so, best-selling book, Pat? Oh, it's the uh, uh, eight decades uh, from Willis to uh, to Wrangler. Uh, that has done extremely well for me. You know, I'm able to. You know, dress nicely and get regular haircuts and <laughs> dental care and everything because of that book. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, my understanding is uh, making uh, money as an author is pretty tough. It is, yeah. But I've been doing it for a long time. I'm an old guy. You know, I mean, don't trust the pictures you see of me online. Uh, my hair is uh, gray now and you know, I've got bags under my eyes. But uh, it's been a very fun career uh, doing this. Uh, I don't have to report into work you know i'm i'm here i can i can work from my house i can work from my uh office building and um pretty much set my own schedule and pretty much do the work that i want to do uh the magazines i've been working for because uh, i write for hemmings classic car and i write for vintage truck magazine and, and i write for old cars magazine and collectible automobile magazine all on a freelance basis but i've been with them for 30 years oh my goodness um so uh they know me they know what i can do they and i know what they want uh so every now and then you know once a year i'll send them a, a list of ideas and they'll generally they say okay we'll take all of them and then you know they, they let me know when they want them and uh I've got, uh, I won't say which magazine, but I've got one where I've only met my boss twice in 30 years, and I haven't seen him in more than 10, and uh, and that's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, if, if it works, it works. Uh, you uh, you yeah. made, you made uh, working remote uh, more stylish than uh, it got to be with uh, the COVID thing. Yeah, and that was the thing. When, when COVID came along, I, you know, it was nothing new for me. I've been working... <laughs> you know, uh, remotely for decades. And, uh, yeah, so I, I, I took that in stride. But uh, it has been, you know, it's been a fun career. It still is. I Every morning I get up and I say, well, I get to write about Jeeps today, you know. So nothing better than that. You know, I I wanted to ask you guys, because you guys are, you know, really experts on, on Jeep and you're you're got your fingers on the pulse of the hobby. What is your favorite Jeep? If If you could have any Jeep you know, from any era, what's the one that you would like? Well, uh, as I mentioned earlier, I, I got kind of interested in having a Jeep around the 77, 78 time frame. So my understanding is that that was a CJ, I, and I don't know what model it was. I mean, it was... Oh, back then we had the CJ5 and the CJ7. Okay. But it, but it was uh, it was too much for me uh, insurance-wise, so I didn't even commit it to memory. So the the first Jeep that I was able to purchase was a the 98 Jeep Cherokee that I mentioned earlier. And uh, I've had that as a daily driver all the way until May of 2021, and now I have a 2021 uh, Jeep Gladiator. Uh, and, oh wow! Good and for yes, you. and yes, they're both red. 
<laughs> my wife has a 2003 TJ, and the TJ was actually what I was going to the Jeep dealership to purchase in 97, 98, whatever it was. So I actually went up there to buy a, a TJ because my wife and I had always wanted one of those. So it wasn't yeah. until uh, a number of years later that I was able to get a, a TJ for my wife to drive. And uh, I got that. And I would say, as far as in my mental image of Jeeps go, the TJ mm-hmm. is what I have in mind as far as it, this is a Jeep. So it's a two-door. It's a, uh, you know, you got some good thick metal on it. It's got the legendary 4.0 uh, liter engine in it. Uh, it's just a really good all-around off-road vehicle and on-road vehicle. And it's great, especially down here in southeast Texas, whenever we have tropical waves or hurricanes, you might actually be able to get home, get through the water, and uh, get up and over anything that's fallen over because of the high winds. So, mm-hmm. to me, yep. the TJ probably is the, the the thing in my mind that uh, is the the pinnacle of what I consider to be a Jeep. Yeah, and, and that's a good choice. Um, you like the four liter engine, I take it. Huh? Absolutely. I mean, this yeah. legendary. Oh, it is. It is. It's one of the all time greatest engines ever built, and uh, you probably know it. It started out as a Rambler engine. Uh, did not they put them that. in Ramblers beginning in 64. Uh, back then, it was a, a, either a 3.8 or a little bit later on, it was a, a 4.2. Um, but, uh, you know, when I think it was 88 when they we brought out the uh, the 4-liter. And uh, that was really the first modern high-performance 6 uh, because, you know, the outgoing uh, or, or everybody else's inline 6s were, were we're pumping out like 120 horsepower, or 110 horsepower. And, you know, this thing comes along with 180, 190 horsepower. And, you know, it just could move these new, yeah, the the unibody uh, XJ vehicles, mm-hmm. uh, the Cherokee and, and the Comanche. It could just, you know, move them down the road so fast. And, uh, it, it, you know, I think it really revolutionized um the idea behind building engines, you know, how much power you could get out of a certain displacement. Right. Uh, and, and it had, had good torque to it as well, because it, even, oh, though, yeah. even though it didn't have a lot of horsepower, that torque would get you moving and make it feel like you actually had more horsepower than uh, what you did. Now, yeah. I, I can't well, well, remember... Back then, 180 or 190 horsepower was a lot. In, in, in the context of, you know, 1988, 89, that was sure. really a lot of horsepower for a six. Yeah. Uh, because there were some that, you know, just, you know, you, you, you'd have four liters of, of displacement, and they're, then they're pumping out, you know, 90 or 100 horsepower. So, yeah, the four liter was quite a bit better than that. Yeah, it was. I really like it. We actually have um, uh, four vehicles, I'm sorry, five vehicles with the 4.0. My daughters both have TJs. My wife has a TJ, and I have the XJ. Of course, now I've got the 3.6 and the, uh, and the Gladiator. Uh, and it, mm-hmm. that, it gets up and goes, but it just doesn't have that uh, traditional 4.0 sound to it, which I miss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Hey, did you did you ever see, uh, well, you must have seen, um, the old Jeepsters from 67 to 73? I have. Uh, I didn't really get involved in Jeeps until I bought my XJ. So pretty much my stuff is, is kind of modern day-ish, you know, the last 25 years. But I have yeah. seen some Jeepsters. There's a... A few uh, friends, uh, Jeep friends of mine, that are really big into uh, loving those things. Oh, I, I, I love them. Absolutely. Love them. When I was uh, probably about the age you were when you tried to buy your first Jeep and the insurance was too much, um, I remember standing by the side of the road and this red 
uh, Jeepster goes by, and it wasn't a Commando. It was a, it was a full-scale Jeepster with a, uh, the spare tire on the back and, and uh, uh, the stripes and everything, or the two-toning, and uh, it's going down the road. It had those beautiful wheel covers on it, and it, it was just like, I mean, it, it was just awe-inspiring. It looked so good. And I said, you know, what the heck is that? Somebody said, oh, that's that, that's that Jeepster, you know. Um, they, they came out a few years ago, and they're real expensive. But, uh, you know, this guy lives in, you know, the town I was living in. Uh, and, oh, you know, so I have never owned a Jeepster, but that's on my list. You know, that's on my bucket list before I go. I'd like to uh, find a nice Jeepster. Uh, so when you said Jeepster, that's what I was thinking of was the Commando. I just pulled up a picture of the of the Jeepster. And this thing, this is like a yellow one. It looks like it's got a, a soft top or, or a, a convertible top on it. It's got the white uh-huh. white side uh, white wall uh, tires. And I swear to God, it looks like Hitler should be driving this thing. <laughs> or at least being driven around in it. <laughs> well, there, there's, a, there's always been a lot of uh, confusion about the Jeepsters. Um, because when they came out, Jeep brought out two models, and one was called the Jeepster, and the other was the Jeepster Commando. Uh-huh. And the Jeepster Commando was a real basic one, and the Jeepster had white wall tires and big, you know, full wheel covers. Oh yeah, this is fancy. This is, yeah. I mean, pardon the 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 the, the cut here, but this is this would be like Cadillac in a Jeep. <laughs> yeah, 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 and that's and uh, and those are the ones that really, you know, to me, they just. Uh, Oh, I just I, I just really liked it. And the other one was the uh, 71 um, Renegade, the CJ5 Renegade. Yeah, those were nice. That's what I'm oh, talking about, God. the bastardizing of the name, because they, they bring that name back, and it's it's just not the same. And when I think of a Renegade, yeah, that's what I think of. Yeah. 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 I was in downtown New Haven, uh, Connecticut, um, when I was probably 17 years old, and this purple... 71 Renegade comes out of a side street, you know, with the, with the spoke wheels, which back then, you know, nobody was putting spoke wheels on Jeeps. They had plain steel wheels. Right. And this had the spoke wheels and the raised white letter tires and the roll bar. And holy cow, it stopped us in our track. And this, you know, wild purple paint, you know, factory factory paint job. And it just, it just stopped me. I stopped on the sidewalk. And I said, holy cow, that's cool. <laughs> And uh, that's another one I'd like to have, but they didn't build all that many of those, uh, and they were kind of expensive, and they're very hard to find now. And when you can find them, um, they're expensive. But yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way it is. And and actually, you know, when you buy a Jeep, you got to be prepared for the expensive part of it. Actually, I think buying a new one is sometimes a lot cheaper than trying to buy a an old one that you uh, wanted for so many years. And that's kind of the sad thing. I think, like you said earlier, uh, you either have a Jeep or you want one. There's, there's people that have wanted Jeeps all their life, and, the, and I've noticed they'll come up to me, and they've come up to my wife as well, both uh, w- with her TJ, my XJ, and now the Gladiator, and they're just, they're just in awe of, of the Jeep. And you can tell yeah. they would like yeah. to have one, but for whatever reason, maybe it's, uh, you know, that they think it would be immature or it's a gas guzzler or, you know, sometimes they pull up in a, a full-size Ford pickup, so it can't be a gas guzzler. And I just feel bad for those people that never go down that Jeep trail, if you pardon the pun. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the price of them now, I think, is keeping, uh, you know, part of the market away. You know, some people just cannot afford that step to go, you know, up to that. They have to, 
you know, settle for a Hyundai or something, you know. Right, um, yeah. Uh, Jeep has been talking about addressing that by coming out with a lower price vehicle in the next few years. Uh, but I don't know if they're actually going to do that. They've, they've been talking about that since about 1988. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually working on a magazine article now on a project that began in 88 called the Jeep JJ. And JJ stood for Junior Jeep. And it was going to be a, a smaller, like a CJ5 or, or Wrangler, but smaller, and uh, powered strictly by a four-cylinder engine and, of course, four-wheel drive. And they were going to test it on the Rubicon Trail to make sure that it was a Jeep. Back then, everything had to, had to be able to go through the Rubicon Trail uh, before it went into production as a Jeep vehicle, before it could wear the name. Mm-hmm. Well, well, they so, made that, uh, didn't yeah. they? The, the, that was Mahindra that made that uh, that Jeep. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and and you can get the diesel that in the Mahindra as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, tell me something, Pat. I notice here on your site that uh, not only do you sell books, but you also have uh, shirts and hats and gift side gift ideas for your uh, uh, for the the, the AMC Jeeper. Yeah, we try and offer a little bit of everything. We're we're, we're constantly expanding the range of uh, uh, of what we sell. Uh, I'd like to eventually get into toys because uh, uh, I'm I'm sitting in my office now and I'm surrounded by probably about 200 Jeep toys, um, you know, vintage antique Jeep toys, and uh, um, you know, there's so much new stuff out on the market now that. Uh, really interesting and a lot of people don't know about it so you know we're, we're looking into getting into that but i've got i've got to have my website redesigned um later on this year so I'm, i think i'll do that first before i you know add the toy line yeah that makes sense and you can get it set up so that you can add uh, new products easily on the on the new site that would uh, that yeah would you really know help. what the problem with my website is it's hard to it's it's the viewing is difficult if you're looking on, on a cell phone um so you know we've got to we've got to you can't just modify it you've got to completely redo it to uh, to get that capability. So well, yeah, I don't want to bore bore people with a lot of technical talk here, but if you use WordPress, um, many of the themes that you can get for free for WordPress will automatically format for desktop, laptop, tablet, or cell phone or smartphone is what uh, what a lot of people call it. So if you, you go, know, to, I, I, sh- I should put you to work for me. If you, know? you go to the jeepdoctor.com, <laughs> whether it's on your desktop or your cell phone, you'll see it formats just so mm-hmm. nicely. And I've had I've had other people with websites go, "How'd you do that?" And I said, "I just picked a, a theme and it did it." <laughs> uh huh. I don't think that's. You know, I, I just caught something out of the corner of my eye. I said I've written six books about Jeep, which is true. Um, I also wrote a book about Willis Overland. Uh, the parent company of Jeep, you know, from where it all started. And to my knowledge, it's the only history of Willis Overland that's ever been written. And that's on my website, too. And that uh, is one of my better-selling books because uh, there's virtually no competition for it. Yeah, It's uh, Jeep history, and, and if you I don't want to bore people with too much history, but um, the company has changed hands so many times throughout the course of its existence and in the early years, when it when it went from uh, uh, Willis Overland to to Willis Motors, and it was owned by the Kaiser uh, interests, uh, they threw out a lot of the earlier Jeep history. 
And then when it went from Kaiser to American Motors, they threw out a lot of the earlier history. And so if you want to write something about how Jeep began and, and how it's evolved over the years, it's really difficult because a lot of the materials are gone, you know, and gone for good. Oh, yeah. Uh, it took me, I think I researched this book about 10 years before I finally sat down to write it. Uh, and it took me a long time to gather materials. But what I did is I tracked down every uh, living Jeep engineer and designer that I could find and went to visit each one of them. I traveled all around the country and said, you know, do you, did you save anything from the old days? And a lot of them did. And that helped out, you know, immeasurably. Wow, that's a lot of effort. I mean, I guess that's what you have to do. Good research for a good book. What do you got there? About 70, uh, 70 or 75 books available there on your website? A uh, little over 100. Oh, my goodness. I can't count. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. doing an, I'm doing an interview, so I you know I only have a, <laughs> I can only count to twenty one. So uh, what you guys should do is just go over to oldmilfordpress.com, and that's uh, old with an e. So oldie, it's the easiest way I have to remember it. Oldiemilfordpress.com, yep. and you check it out there. And uh, if you get a hold of Pat whenever you're going to buy one of these books, and let him know you heard uh, his interview here on the Jeep Talk Show, he said, correct me if I'm wrong, he said he will autograph it for you. And personalize it, you know. Uh, if you want to give it to your to your uh, uh, your brother, your father, your uncle, your worst enemy, you know. Or maybe your I mean, daughter's yeah. getting interested in Jeeps, and you would like to get, get her a, a nice Jeep book, a good memory. Actually, go. get two because yeah. you don't want to mess up the, the the nice autograph one. So buy two books: one autographed, <laughs> one not. I like that thinking. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you might. <laughs> All right, Pat. I like that thinking. Well, Pat, thank you so much for being with us here tonight and a very interesting story. And I know we've only just cr- scratched the surface. We'll have to have you back and uh, talk about more Jeep history. Uh, we have a lot of people that really love the, the Jeep history stuff. I like hearing about it because I don't know a lot about it, you know, because like I said, 76, 77 is about the first time I, I actually started taking notice of Jeeps, and uh, it wasn't until 98 that I actually had one. So there's a, yeah. lot, a lot I can You know, learn. I'm thinking when, when you went to, to buy your first Jeep, you probably were under the age of 21. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's why the liability insurance was so high. It wasn't the vehicle. It was you. <laughs> oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, it was my age, being male and, uh, and the age I was. I don't think I, don't think yeah. I actually got a, a good uh, insurance break until I was 21. Yeah, that's that's the cutoff point because I know I I used to pay a fortune and plus I had a terrible driving record and you know so I used to pay a fortune for just liability coverage. Uh, when I got twenty one, it got a little bit better, and then when all the points, you know, and the police and all that, when all that dropped off, then you know. Well, Pat, I learned the hard way that doesn't matter how many miles over the speed limit you're going, and even the the nose diving from you breaking when you see the cop. All that matters yeah. is what he sees on the radar gun. So <laughs> once I learned yeah. that, I started not. I stopped getting so many tickets. I still drove fast, but I just stopped getting any tickets. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I, don't, I know, don't try this you know at it's not how many times you fall down. It's how many times you pick yourself up. But the police tell me that that's not the way a field sobriety test works. <laughs> <laughs> Pat, thank you so much for being with us tonight. Well, like I said, we'll have to have you back on. Okay, thanks a lot. It was fun. Take care. Well, thanks again to Patrick from Old Mill Press. You know, he's got some great books out there about Jeeps. And, of course, you heard that he's got a lot of back history with uh, with Jeeps and even selling them uh, way back in uh, 
the ancient times of uh, the 70s. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed uh, that uh, that interview. It was a lot of fun uh, talking to Patrick, and uh, we say it all the time, but it, it, it seems like everybody we speak to is just a great uh, guest and uh, always like having them back again. So next week, next Thursday on episode uh, 657, we will be having Andy Obel. Oh, no, there we go again. There's another one of those... Uh, Another one of those names that I always have problems uh, saying. So Andy is with GlueTread.com, and this is really interesting. Uh, Chris finds us some really good guests. Uh, This is a a company, GlueTread.com, that uh, does sidewall repair, puncture and sidewall. So uh, this is, uh, of course, this isn't something that you'd want to drive around a lot on, but if you take sidewall damage while you're off-road, this uh, sidewall repair can help you get off the trail and uh, perhaps even get home uh we'll uh, just you have to listen to the interview to see what uh, uh, glutread.com uh, recommends you know it's very easy to sign up for our newsletter and a great way to get involved on our tuesday night recordings of the roundtable where we've been having guests for doing questions and answers sometimes they're guests uh past guests that we've uh, we're having on again sometimes they're brand new uh to the show and uh, to our listeners so just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and you'll find a link to click and sign up. And don't worry, it's as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Well, that's all the Jeep Talk Show there is for now, Jeeper. Until our next show, be sure and go over to Facebook and friend us. You know, we had a uh, we put up a event uh, this, uh, this past week and we were uh, trying to get people to come over and talk to Jerry Hubber of uh, the the uh, Toledo Jeep Fest. It was a great interview, and uh, if you had been there, you could have asked Jerry questions about uh, being a plant manager for Jeep and uh, also, too, the things that uh, were going to be going on at Toledo Jeep Fest. You could, of course, still go and listen to that. That's our Wednesday night episode that uh, you can go back over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. I'm sorry, just jeeptalkshow.com and uh, listen to uh, episode 652 with uh, Jerry Huber. So the Jeep Talk Show has four episodes a week. Don't miss a one or you'll be sorry you missed it. People will be talking about it, especially on the Discord, and you won't know what the hell they're talking about. Listen to all of them. Podcasting since 2010.